of the 6,000 plus human bone fragments they found at his home. What? We're back, guys. Welcome to Talk Murder to Me. The Labor Day edition. It's your favorite hostesses with the mostesses, Nicole and Jen, Mm. featuring John. We have some five-star reviews to shout out. Um, And let me just say... I've already started reading it. Have you? Yes. How far are you? first chapter. Good for you. And it sucks. No, it doesn't. Yeah. The Dursleys literally touch Harry inappropriately. Stop! (laughs) I mean... That's kind of funny. But, so for those of you who did not listen to the last episode, John and I had a bet going uh, to get to 50 reviews um, to see how we could do that. And, um, well, I won. So that means that John has to read Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban because he's already read books one and two and actually did not just bailed on a previous bet. So he's now having to read book number three. We will also have him read book number four if we can get to 100 reviews by October 1st. So, Jen, you're in on this one. Mm-hmm. I need your help. Okay. We want John to read all of the books by Christmas time so that we can watch them when they're on ABC Family. All right. So, Jen, what are we drinking today? Today, John gave us a hint of thrift shop. This is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pop some down. Well, I got twenty dollars in my pocket. Anyway, so when I was looking up thrift shop or things like that, that they don't come up, drinks don't come up like that. So I kind of got creative and searched vintage cocktails, and one that came up it was called the Greyhound, um, which is uh, grapefruit juice and vodka. Um, which fun fact. The Greyhounds are my school mascot. Really? Yes. Loyola Greyhounds. Huh. We will be drinking a variation of the Greyhound called the Salty Dog because we salted the rims. So, uh, it's, it is, um... And we use the High Noon Grapefruit Vodka, which is like fresh grapefruit with vodka infused, plus some more grapefruit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm. Very refreshing. Mm Mm-hmm. Very salty. Gin... Tell me what you think about our last Patreon episode. It was really good. It was about the weepy voice killer for those of you. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, we have two right, so, episodes. No, we got three. Oh. Can you put the other one out? I'm putting it out by the time this comes out. I'll oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, so we have a Patreon page, and we're doing full episodes. I'm not just going to do a little bullshit like anyone else does. We're going to do full episodes. We got three episodes now. We got... The Man Who Wouldn't Die. Yes, Michael Malloy. That was a fun one. Yeah, Jen liked that one because he was Irish. Irish. And that's a true story, and that's a bar story. You have to hear that one because you could tell that at the bar. We also have The Life of Elmer McCurdy. Elmer McCurdy. That was was Elmer fun the whole time. Yeah, it was a fun episode. I Yeah, I really liked that episode. It wasn't really about murder, but it was like, it was interesting for sure. Oh, Yeah. And, I, yeah, I I felt really good following that guy, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like those are, like, def- they're, not that our, the other ones aren't feel good, but those are, like, 
Yay! Go, you like you're rooting for the people who die. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Anyway. And he's, you know, he's down in history. Yeah. Which most other people would never be, you know? True. And he, he always wanted to travel the world and he got to. Yeah. It's a really interesting story. Yep. And we also have the, um, if, if you guys remember our Facebook Live episode that ended abruptly because of our recording, uh, Mishap, we also have the recorded version of that story on Patreon yeah. as well. The weepy voice killer. <laughs> Sounds like a strangled Muppet. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. speaking of Muppets. Yes, we saw the Happy Time Murders. Yeah, it was really funny. It was funny. Yeah. It was crude, but it was funny. Very yeah, crude. it was really funny. Which, if you remember from our mini-sode that we did way back when, um, oh, yeah, we about talked that. about going to go see that, and we saw it not Last opening. Week. Did we see it opening night? Yeah. Yeah, there was no one in there. Yeah, but hey, you know. I don't think many people go see movies anymore. Well, we also went to Cinnabar, so we we had ourselves a night. So once again, guys, we've got another Harry Potter book on the line for John to read. So help Mm. us get to another 50 reviews in one month. I think we can do it. I know we can do it. We really want John to read all of the Harry Potter books by Christmas. So please Mm -hmm. leave us a review. Stop whatever it is you're doing. And by the way, you'll get shouted out. By us on an episode. Yeah. Okay, so fan number two writes, hashtag amazing. This is an amazing podcast. The way the stories are told are so entertaining and get you hooked instantly. I love the humor that is added to them. John, Nicole, and Jen make a fabulous team. Lulu lover Judy writes, great podcast. Woo! I love Taco Bell. We do, too. Yes. Uh, B. Corcoran69 writes, Entertainment, a fun mix with alcohol that goes along with true crime stories. Keep the entertainment, entertaining podcast coming. Nikki Kim at dot F. OMG. Lots of G's at the end there. Jen is hysterical. John is very patient. I die every time he sighs and says, Ugh, okay. So anyway. And Nicole, we have the same name. This podcast is a lot easier to listen to than others, and it literally feels like one of my friends telling a story. John is a good storyteller. It's not like it's dragging on and boring. He's good at explaining and describing stuff, and his research is good. Very entertaining. Also, Jen and Nicole are my spirit animals. Oh my gosh, I love it! I don't even know who that is. Oh my god. Nikki G. NickKim.f NickKim.f I don't know. I don't know, but I love it. Yes. Your name is Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. I do want to say, once I read the book, I will do a video episode. Ooh, it gets and I go will, on Patreon? It'll go on Patreon, and I'll do a complete Spark Notes of this stupid book. I mean, I'll do a complete Spark Notes of Harry Potter. And? And what? The Prisoner of Azkaban. Come the on. Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh-huh. Nope. Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. What is that? <laughs> okay. That's nice. All right. Cheers, guys. It's a lovely, like, a pinkish red. Mm, that's really good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's strawberry? Strawberry watermelon. Oh. I've never had that before, but Can I've always wanted to. Kinky red. It is... A tantalizing guys tonight. Oh, you got you did get a lot. I got six of them because I thought, you know, the pumpkin spice one shot wasn't enough yeah. last time. Ladies, we are drinking a tantalizing fusion 
of fresh watermelon and strawberry, kinky red, all night. All night long, all night. All night long, all night. Okay. It was good. It's a good segue. I am really interested to hear what you guys think this story is going to be about. Someone tries to pawn the murder weapon off at a thrift shop and someone else finds it later. Ooh. That's good. Nicole? Someone accidentally buys a murder weapon at a thrift store and they get mistaken for being the murderer when it was really someone else. Wait. So you just basically took what Jen said. No. What'd you someone, say? She said someone pawns it at a thrift store. And then someone else buys it, I said. And you said... Someone buys it and they get framed for the murder. I'm like finishing, Jen. That's story. literally the same thing. I'm finishing it. I'm completing it. Where are we going? Texas. Connecticut. No, New York. Guys, this story is going to piss, piss you us off. off. I always say that. I know. Are we going to have to make another shirt for you? No, it's not going to piss you off. Unless you're... A gay man living in Indianapolis in 1990s. Oh, well. Okay, well, nope, not me. Let me tell you about the book that I read for this story. The book's going to be on Talk Murder. I'm posting a complete, all the photos. You really got to see this. This is a crazy story. This, crazy. This story is really fun. Uh-huh. The book that I'm pulling a lot of this information from is from author Ryan Green, and it's called You Think You Know Me? Hmm. You don't know me, bro. The true story of Herb Baumeister and the horror at Fox Hollow Farm. Yeah, Herb Baumeister. Have you guys heard of Herb Baumeister? No. This is a great story. It's really different than what we usually do. Good. Okay, cool. And uh, so, you know how... I'm intrigued. Yeah, well, all right, here's the reason I really like it. You know, a lot... All right, think of like Todd Colehelp. Right. Fuck he's, you, Todd Colehead. Yeah, fuck you, Todd <laughs> Colehead. We, we should share an update about Todd Colehead. Um, Kayla, yeah, his latest, or his captive, the one that got out, she won the, or not won, but she was granted the entire sum that she asked for. I think it was like $6.3 million. Wow. She may not get it all because they're basically liquidating all of his assets and his company's assets, the real estate company's assets. That was in the news. Plus, Todd Colehead, one of his prison friends came forward and said he was bragging about some more bodies off the side of the road. Mm. The sheriff was reluctant. They went down there, wasted two old days. They didn't find anything. Todd Colehep just likes media attention. So, all right. I actually really enjoyed reading this story because I'm, should we be worried that you enjoy reading stories like this? I don't know. All right, guys, I'm worried. Did you guys have anything to eat today? No. No. Me either. Fuck, I'm hungry. Me too. It's different. You know how Todd Colehap's like, I like media attention. Yeah, I killed all them girls. Look at me. I'm a serial killer. He wanted to be a serial killer so yeah. badly. This guy He didn't... doesn't want to be a serial killer. No, Herb, this... Herb doesn't sound like a serial killer name. He sounds Herb like Baumeister. Really... He sounds like a... Oh, Baumeister, though. Let me show you something. Herb does not sound like... Baumeister. Let me show you something right off the bat. Is he German? Baumeister. All right, I'm going to show you guys a video real quick. It's a minute long. And you try to describe, think about the qualities and his personality, and then you try to describe him to me based on what you see in this video. Miles of roadway. He's a garbage and we man. paint those miles of roadway each year 
and this is just an isolated incident that happened. Right by striping, <laughs> you know, whatever. Herb Baumeister of Carmel saw it all. I said to my son, they're going to hit that raccoon with a spray gun, and sure enough, they just striped right over its face and neck. You know, didn't even move it, you know, no effort to, you know, get it out of the way. So I happened to have a Polaroid with me, so I took a shot at the thing. A raccoon, which met its demise on the yellow line, became one with the paint. The raccoon has since been removed. This is all that's left. This was just, you know, uh, the painter should have had a chalk line drawn around his career by state officials. There was no excuse for that. I mean, the poor thing deserved a better fate than that. So just what is the explanation for this? All right. That was old Herb Baumeister. Now that was that was some footage that so is Herb the painter? No, that was he's some a, no witness. the guy that was standing there talking. Yeah, he was a witness. He's also one that took the Polaroid pictures. That, all right, so that was uncovered by whoever after this story came out and was like, oh, this guy was on this random news thing about this random raccoon getting painted over, which is a gold not a gold mine, but you know it's really like a gem. You know, because mm-hmm. I mean, he's a fucking serial killer. Oh, I can say fucking. He's a serial killer. And he was concerned that the raccoon had. So was- I thought it was kind of interesting that instead of like poking it, like not poking it with a stick, be like, you know what I mean? But like kind of like pushing it out of the way. He like just took a picture of it and was like, look at this raccoon has stripe on it. <laughs> I just think it's really weird. I mean, road, roadkill happens, unfortunately. It's yeah. just like, it is... Yeah, he was, like, really concerned about... I mean, I agreed with his statement that the raccoon deserved not to get painted over. But, like, he was really obsessed with that raccoon. We're gonna start from the end. Ooh, and then we're gonna go back. Let's go back. By end, I mean... The beginning. The end. Of her Baumeister. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Name that band. The Beatles. Thank you. 1996, July 3rd. Her Baumeister is in Canada. Hmm. Now, I told you we were going to Indiana. He's from Indiana, you said. Well, we're going to we're going between Indiana, mostly Indiana, but also Ohio. Herb Baumeister, that guy that you just saw, is fifty years old. The Canadian police respond. Mounties. Yeah, the Mounties respond to a call. They're at a local park. It's a nice park. It's got a nice lake. It's all like you know, Canada's beautiful. I've never been. And it's all like it's very beautiful. Like the lake is all crystalline, and there's like. You can. There's a park bench, you know, <laughs> because that. <laughs> park benches in, a, in right. places. I don't know if you haven't like been to downtown Charleston. They have park benches. They pull up. They go up to Herb Baumeister's car. Jen, the night before, he was caught on the side of the road sleeping, and a female police officer, Canadian police officer, came up to his car. You know, worried, not suspecting anything. Saw some videotapes in the back. Keep that in mind. Pornography. Saw some videotapes in the back and asked her, like, what are you doing? And then she took down his information, his license plate, yada, yada, yada. And then he was sleeping. Yeah, but she woke him up. Oh. Because, you know, as a cop, if you're sleeping on the side of the road, you can get woken up. And then he drives off. Not nice. The next day. tired. 
The next day, the cops see him again. His same car is at this park in Canada. They come up to the car, look in old Herb Baumeister, and old Herb Baumeister, his head is blown off. He shot himself in the head with a three fifty seven Magnum. That's a very powerful pistol. Very powerful. That's that's the one. That's a large pistol. Yeah, that's the one. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, you Dan feeling? Murray? No, the guy. The Samuel L. Jackson. No, the guy. You feeling lucky or the, the guy that we watched that movie El Torino? Oh, oh, Clint uh, Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. You feeling lucky, lucky today, punk? I've never seen that. Movie. Yeah, that's so oh, it's a big. Yeah, El Torino. It's on Netflix right My now. My dad knew Clint Eastwood. Ugh. It's a big pistol. A cool guy. And he pointed it straight into his brain, right into his little limbic system. You know what's interesting about suicide is that women attempt more, but men complete more because women don't use as lethal as a method or they they don't fin- like they like so women are more likely to use like pills or or things like that where men are more likely to strangle themselves or shoot themselves you in the head. You can strangle yourself. You know what I mean. Hang There's a guy that cut his yourself. Hang, cut hang his yourself. own head off with a chainsaw. Huh? There's a guy that cut his own head off See, with a chainsaw. That's more lethal. This is July fourth, the time of celebration. And he's dead. His brains are splattered all over his car, his Buick. Completely dead. In a park. Although it's a very lovely park. In Canada. <laughs> yeah. Can we go to Canada? No. There's a suicide I'm note. Sure we'll tour there next summer. Guys, there's a suicide note. Oh. It's three pages long. Wow. Song. When did he have time to write that? And it's it's on the yellow, and I cannot find legal it, pad. which pissed me off. Like, I could not find it anywhere. The legal pad? Yeah, the legal pad, the yellow legal pad. You get them at Staples. Three, no, I meant, he I couldn't find the, the suicide. suicide <laughs> three pages. And you know what it talks about? Hmm. This is talk murder. So you think it talks about murder? Yes. Three pages long. Confession. It doesn't mention anything of even one of the victims of of the 6,000 plus human bone fragments they found at his home. What? All it mentions is, my business is failing. My wife is divorcing me. Oh, I'm so... It doesn't mention anything of what people really want to know because this... Herb Baumeister may be one of the most prolific serial killers in all of history, and no one knows how many people he killed. How come I've never heard of him before? He, no one has no idea. Because he killed himself before he was convicted. How many people he's killed. He has killed a shit ton of people, and no one will ever know. What's the estimate? Well, they identified 11, but, and I'll get into it, it's probably more over 50 Okay. Yeah. Well. He's been busy. That's why his business is failing. Yeah. He's he's, he's not paying any attention to his business. (laughs) What is his business? Okay, let's get into this. April 7th, 1947 is when he was born. He was born in Ohio. Okay, so he's the first of three other children. He had a sister and two brothers. So he was the first that popped out. His dad was not wealthy, but he was an anesthesiologist, and he was very well-known. So 
her Baumeister was born into a sort of wealthy family. Must be nice. Millionaire status. Yeah. This is Herb's dad, Dr. Baumeister. So, and he died at 66, which really affected Herb. All right, so his dad was very influential. His dad was an anesthesiologist? Yeah. Being a anesthesiologist, a very well-known and successful one in the community, you would want your first son to be something you could be proud of, right? I don't know. Yeah. Well, Herb was not that. Although, I'd always be proud of my kid, unless they were a serial killer. Herb was different. He was really smart, but he had a not a crude sense of humor, hmm. but a very twisted sense of humor. And he was probably intelligent. They say that people with dark senses of humor are more intelligent. No one understood Herb. When he was 15, he was asking all his fellow classmates at North Central High, where he went to school. He was wondering what human urine would taste like. And not only that, but he was asking people if he could taste theirs. And he was wondering whether it would taste better hot or cold. That's not that messed up, I guess. People are just fucking crazy. Also, that same year... I don't know. That's pretty yeah. gross. I would, he, he did have a few... I'm for, not curious about whether mm-mm. urine tastes better hot or cold. Mm-mm. I prefer it hot. <laughs> <laughs> Some like it hot. <laughs> All right, that same year. So he had friends, but he was that age of... He was a child, so... People just pushed off his twisted sense of humor as old Herb, right? Old Herb. Old Herb. Old Herb. He says some crazy shit. Old Herb. And when one of his friends, at one day he was walking on this little trail and there was a dead crow. And this wasn't old Herb's sense of humor because there ain't no one around unless he was trying to entertain himself. But the crow was dead and he decided... Well, not decided. He went up to it and stared at it for a long time. He's got a thing with roadkill, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. And he eventually takes his index finger and pushes it right through the skin of the crow. (gasps) Ew. And unfortunately for old Herb, because he was wanting the crow to still be warm, but the, the muscle tissue of the dead crow in the blood was cold. So he was pushing his finger in this crow, and then one of his friends came up. And he tried to play it off, like, ah, I'm just fucking around. He ends up taking that crow, and he was a class clown. He puts it on his teacher's desk, that dead crow. He gets in trouble for that. Big trouble. Now, I want I want you to keep in mind the whole story. So even when he was a child, and when he was doing all his dirty deeds, he gets away with a lot of stuff. Because he's wealthy. You know, the police, when they were looking for him, they they didn't they didn't pursue him. They didn't put any any effort into catching him because, you know, he's wealthy. You know, a wealthy person doesn't do that stuff until he does during his high school years. Now, he was he would make friends really fast. But people his he had a very sick sense of humor. I can't even it's hard to even describe, you know, I mean, it's not even crude. It's just like. Weird. He was really interested in decaying bodies and just, you can tell he was just not there from the start. Yeah. His dad secretly takes him to a psychiatrist. Secretly? 
Well, I mean, not secretly, but <laughs> think about it. his dad is a his dad is a an anesthesiologist, a well known anesthesiologist in the area. No, he doesn't want to be seen taking his son to a psychiatrist for a psychic vow, right? That'll ruin his reputation. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn about my reputation. Dun, dun. All right, no, Joan Jett. Let's also do it. Featured in Shrek. I'm not going to tell you about one serial killer. I'm going to tell you about three. Ooh. Wait, what? I'm going to tell you about three serial killers. And Herb is one of them. Herb is one of them. Are so they his, friends? So his dad... It was like a father and son thing. So his dad takes him secretly to a psychiatrist. And Herb gets diagnosed as a schizophrenic. Hmm. Hmm. It's the same killer, but he's just schizophrenic. Oh! <laughs> So he's got Dude, different so MOs. Yeah. Different he's got different MOs. He has multiple oh, I, personality I disorder. Yeah. He also, remember I told you he would wonder what human urine tasted like? Oh, yeah. yeah. There was That's reports that he would actually piss on his teacher's desk. And one time he got suspended for it, yeah. I'm sure that student would get called into my office, like, first thing if I was a counselor. Yeah. Then again, if your son's acting up... Right, discipline them unless your dad is a very well-known doctor in the area. Oh, yeah, that's you right. He secretly still... took him to the psychiatrist. Yes, you still discipline your kid though. Yeah, his dad didn't want anything to do with his kid. Okay, well, I mean, let's just be honest. His kid was a disappointment. That's kind of shitty. And now he's labeled as a schizophrenic. Oh yeah, oh, do yeah. we find out if if that is it's multiple different? Per- it's okay. different. Herb Baumeister knew from a very young age that he was not all there, that he had a very dark side. He loved seeing decaying bodies and corpses and animals and stuff like that. So, but anyway, 1965, he graduated high school and he gets accepted to Indiana University. And that's where he meets his wife, Juliana. His father was kind of happy, you know, like, okay, my son's not a total fuck up. He he's going, yeah. he's going to Indiana. He yeah. <laughs> he's going to Indiana University. There's hope for you too, Jen. <laughs> Jen at Togmer.com or grinder.com slash Jen. No, grinder. No. <laughs> Tinder.com slash Jen. See, if people actually try to go find Jen through these sites, they're going to be sorely disappointed because those are not true names. So if you really do want to go and meet Jen... Hopefully not in, like, a serial killer type of way. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think that this is the best method of me trying to find someone. I mean, I'm just saying. But if someone really wants to, Facebook is probably the best way. Yeah, or text message. But we're not going to give you her phone number. No, you have so to So message me. first, and if Jen likes you, she'll give you Or you can message number. me, and then I'll give you her phone number. Okay, so he graduated high school, and his dad is proud. Now he's in college, right? And he was very active in the political science groups and all this stuff he was very oh, he was smart a poli-sci major he was very smart mm-hmm. I was you know major my sister's a poli-sci uh, and legal studies major it's fun but unfortunately at 20 years old he decides to drop out of college oh. he wasn't getting along with his peers because in high school i meant because in middle school it's one thing to talk about fingering dead crows and Pee-pee in someone's mouth, seeing what it tastes like. Gross. And pee-pee in on the teacher's desk. But you try to pee-pee in college on yeah. the professor's desk. 
Yeah. That, that ain't gonna fly. So his friends, he immediately felt, he felt friends. alienated. He would get friends at first because he was a likable guy. But wow, his sense of humor, yeah, charismatic, but his sense of humor was not, not even crude. It was just demented. It was just something's wrong with this guy. Mm. It's like when someone says a joke and you're just like, I, how, how, did, how did your brain even fathom that? It's so fucked. Yeah, sometimes people have that reaction to me. Yeah, you got self-deficient. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to say John. Oh, yeah. yeah, John, for sure. Her Baumeister drops out of college his freshman year. Stay in school, kids. His dad is freaking pissed. You might end up in debt, but you'll have a degree. Now his dad literally is beyond disappointed. His dad pulled some strings and got him a job. His dad got him a job at the Indianapolis star as a copy boy. But he didn't last too long there. He only lasted two years there. A copy boy, does that mean he had to like make everyone's copies? Okay, so at 24, he marries Juliana. That's young. Okay, Julie. That's her name. I used to thought Juliana. I wanted to get married by 26, and now that I'm 27 and have no prospect of getting married, I'm really glad because I'm not ready to be married Mm. But I do want to tell you, you don't want to marry this guy, Jen, because... Oh, no, I didn't say I wanted to marry him. This guy knew before he even got married to Juliana that he was a homosexual. And in oh. fact, <laughs> oh. Julie comes didn't out... that coming at yeah. all, actually. Yeah. Actually, I, I forgot that you mentioned something yeah. about gay people. Julie, yeah. after the fact, you know, she tells police, the entire 30 years we've been married... We've only had sex six times. <gasps> what? What? And they have three kids, so he must have been straight shooting. He's got a pretty good rate. Six, three out of <laughs> yeah, six. 50%. Yeah, 50% rate. <laughs> that's pretty what? good. 50% will knock so you So wait, up. how many years? 30. I'm trying to get you guys to... Once every five years. Yeah. That's not bad. You want to rethink that scene? <laughs> I mean, because uh, we can arrange that. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's what you I mean, want. he's gay. Yeah. So. But I, I want you guys to get to know Just this guy. they didn't have sex all the time doesn't mean that he wasn't having sex all the true. time. But okay. still, like, for or she her, wasn't having sex all the time. Let me. True. All right. I was going to say, but, like, in general, that's all you're having sex with. Not really. His yeah, wife. I mean, like, well, and how many times did they have on their married night? Probably just once. Well, you never know. Okay, six months after he married Juliana, he spends two months in the psych ward. Oh. This guy is completely screwed up. Right. Well, what was he admitted for? Being a fucking loon. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. he also, he got a job, so he quit the Indianapolis star that his dad got. Now his dad basically disowned him. He's like, you dropped out of college, you shamed my name. You know, if they were in Japan, they'd make him... You press a sword right in their stomach. You shame your... If you shame your dad, you have to press a sword. If you bring dishonor upon your family in the Asian culture, you're You stick a sword in your stomach. Is this coming from the fact that we watched Mulan Yeah, you guys were watching Mulan when I came home the other night. I wasn't watching that shit. I'm telling you what they do. subconsciously you were. Japanese people take a sword and they stick it in their stomach. You are bringing this up right now. You know about this... No, I can't bring that up because... To the Fa family. Fa... I had pho for the first time. Oh, come on. Let's it do it. Isn't that great? You gotta, we gotta go to Lotus. I know. Night. We keep saying that, but we never got... All right, 19... 19- we gotta pick a date. Uh, we'll go. ni- 1974 through 1985, 
He got a job at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles, which is kind of like the DMV. BMV? Yeah, BMV. <laughs> uh, do you call it B? Do you call? I'm sorry. Do you call it the DMV or the RMV? DMV. Why would you call it the RMV? The Registry of Motor Vehicles. That's ridiculous. It's DMV. Everyone Department. knows. The BMV. Yes. So the the. Bureau. Yeah, Bureau of Motor Vehicles. So he gets, he's actually. Borough. All right. (laughs) The Borough. The Federal Bureau of Investigation. Yeah, finish that show. We're really behind. And although. (laughs) Well, that's what they call it. The BMV. It's the DMV. Yeah, it is. But back then in Indiana, it was the BMV. Wasn't it? Yeah, you didn't hear the whole conversation we had? Because you were saying RMV. Yeah, it's the same thing. (sighs) He was working at the BMV. The employees, so his co-workers, didn't really like him. But management, the management actually loved him. Because even though his co-workers thought he was fucking Creepy. weird. So there's a story. Mm. About a man named no, Baumeister. So, all right, so Baumeister at one point from one of his co-workers said this. He had a, he found a dead cat. It was really, really dark. And Baumeister put a dead cat oh. in a Ziploc bag. What? And then put the bag in a filing cabinet. He found a dead cat. And then and left it, it there. In a filing cabinet. For a year. And left it, and it was really stark. Because he was trying to see the decomposition, and he thought it was funny. That was a joke to him. Ew. He didn't understand so, that. Dead cats aren't funny. Go ahead. So Baumeister... He takes his humor way too far. Okay, and Literally. so his co-workers pretty much hated him. Management loved him because he was really efficient. But they didn't know that he's the one that put the cat in the filing cabinet? No, they did, but they looked past it because he was such a good worker, and he literally did twice as much more efficiently than anyone else. So they promoted him up to management, and then he started bossing everyone around. And, oh, boy. But... Just because that, I mean, the efficiency level skyrocketed, everyone and they looked past his weirdness because at the end of the day he was getting shit done, and that ain't normal at the BMV slash DMV because we all know Flash they up. don't do shit there, right? True, uh, like any other government agency. Yeah, literally, experiences at the DMV are not good experiences and yeah awful i like, recently first moved, yeah. they're like you need to do, provide this and this it's like yeah. well I, like in order to show this i need this i like, had to go just, there three times to yeah. get my license i had to get my permit at 32 yeah that was fun i had to get a driver's permit at 32 years old i know because you lost your license and it was expired and for a period of two hours fault. It's partially your fault. It's actually entirely his fault. Not only did he lose his license, he let it expire for a full year. So for a, a period of two fault. hours, I could not drive unless I was with parental supervision. Well, guess what? For that whole year, you probably shouldn't have driven without parental supervision. <laughs> Correct. How many times Actually, did I endanger my safety? A lot. Driving in that car. A lot. When I my tail my headlight was out and I was thinking about what if I get pulled over? I don't because the guy that that stopped in the middle of the street the other day, yeah. he was like, You don't want to get pulled over. And then I was like, Oh no, I don't want to get pulled over because the last time I got pulled over here, the guy was like I was really stressed out and I started bawling. He's like, What's wrong? And I was like, I just don't need to get pulled over right now. And I was literally bawling. He's like, Do you need to like stop driving? Like you can't drive like this. I was like, No, no. 
I'm okay. And I was like, it was crazy. But I didn't do it because, like, I didn't do it because I got pulled over. I was genuinely, like, stressed out. So I started crying because that happens when I get stressed out. Anyway, but this time I didn't get pulled over. But the whole time I was thinking, I was like, if I get pulled over, I'm not going to cry. But I am going to tell them it's because I can't open my my hood. Did you fix it? Yeah, John helped me yesterday. Oh, good. He worked there for 10 years. And his coworkers knew he was fucked up, like in the head. Okay. But he was such a good worker and he would play these jokes. So he started, you know, old PP and Herb. He started PPing on the boss's desk. Still? And the boss was okay with it. At some point, you would think he would outgrow that. Yeah. That's like a. The boss would walk in and there'd be PP on the desk and he would look past it because Herb was such a good worker. He was so efficient getting everything done. They knew it was him? They they knew it was him. That's like, but, I, I wouldn't look past that. That's um, fucking weird. No. The pee that broke the camel's back. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a good one. Good was, point. Thank you. <laughs> was when her pee peed on his boss's desk again, but on a letter that was supposed to be sent to the governor. Oh, so he peed all over the letter and his pee pee. So he's like the Calvin and Hobbes bumper yeah. sticker that they have where it's like Calvin pissing yeah. on anything. Anything. So he well, my favorite one is the Yankees logo, but he also alienated himself. So he also alienated himself one time from Only his coworkers cuz he sent his coworkers a Christmas card cuz he's a good guy, you know. Well, Send him a Christmas card. It was him posing next to a drag queen. And they didn't think it was funny. Harp thought it was hilarious. But they thought, okay, this Wait, guy needs to come out of the closet. That's what they thought. They thought this guy needs to come out of the closet. Well, they didn't get his sense of humor. I'm going to read some quotes from the book. One Christmas, he gave out cards with a picture of himself posing with a festive drag queen, <laughs> leading to a great deal of muttering around the water cooler that mm-hmm. he may be a closeted homosexual himself. Mm-hmm. This set back his pursuit of a promotion considerably, and it was only after almost a decade of working in the Bureau that he finally received the right promotion that he believed was his right. Mm. That's funny. Well, he's got self. Was him po- like just taking a picture with a drag queen? I don't get it. They probably just he was all he was at the time. No, he was. I think he was dressed in drag. Oh, with was, the drag queen. Oh, okay, that's kind <laughs> of funny. I, I'm kind of laughing. But that. to send to your coworkers. Yeah, but his coworkers <laughs> knew he was weird, so they were just like, oh, "Okay, you need to come out of the closet. Yeah, yeah you need to." Well, not, I can do that. Well, I do have to keep in mind he's got a wife. No, think no, because not all. Like, not all guys that cross-dress or dress in drag are gay. A lot of them are, but not all. Okay, if I... if my, my wife would probably be pissed at me if I was dressing in drag. Yeah, probably, but you don't have a wife that we know of, so I don't know. Not that you know of. She doesn't speak English. Oh, right. Yeah. What does she speak? Vietnamese? Does she work at a nail shop? I pick her love for you. <laughs> anyway, okay. but I'm just saying, the not all not all drag queens are gay. During this time at the DMV, remember he had sex with his wife six times? Right. Three of those popped out some kids. Right. Now, yeah. Marie, his first child, daughter. Eric, a boy, second. And his third child, Emily. That was one of, you know, three of the six times that he performed coitus with his wife. You know? It's, I thought coitus was not, is coitus the same thing as intercourse? Yeah. Yes. I wasn't sure if I wasn't. I thought I got confused for a second that coitus was oral, but I guess I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not experienced. Big, big Bang Theory. 
right. they use coitus a lot. Yes, right. Coitus. They're ending the Big Bang Theory. Thank Good. God. It sucks. It's over. It's been over for like four years. Yeah, like that's probably the last time I watched an episode. It's terrible. It's like, like really not funny. It's like you know what? It's like you you try to keep something going because people think like, oh, friends should never have ended. No, friends ended. But friends should at the right back, time. If they bring it back, that's different than like Will and Grace. Friends, I love Will and Grace. Friends should have ended after the back, first season. But like, but like you can't keep something going for too long. It's overkill. You know it, that sh- Big Bang Theory is such overkill. overkill. Oh my god! I I don't think I've watched it in four years. I haven't. And you know what? You know what I've been watching. Mm. Pokemon. No, like re rewatching How mm. I Met Your Mother. Love it. Mm. But like even that, like the ending of How I Met Your Mother, I was not happy with that. They could have ended it a lot two or three seasons mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. I was not happy with that. I really think that Barney and Robin should have ended up together, but what do I know? I like that Robin has like eight dogs. Mm. Five dogs. Five. Okay. Did you like How I Met Your Mother? No. Have All right. So I don't think he's ever seen it. You would now, like it. Now he was making. I think I'm a mix between Marshall and Lily. I'm gonna go past his. Okay. okay. You're a mix. Well, who is who do you think? John's Barney. <laughs> How Bar- Barney and Marshall. Yeah. Combina- weird combination. Yeah. Wait. What do you? Who do you think I am? Would you think that's a fair assessment? Definitely some Marshall. Yes. Maybe Marshall and Ted. Because I, I am guess like a Marshall and Lily, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I just, I just see a little like... bit of Robin in you. Yeah. Sherbatsky. I can see Sherbatsky in you too. Yeah. I'm a hybrid. I think you're more Marshall and Robin. Marshall and Robin. I then Marshall and Lily. Yeah. So now he's making really good money at the BMV. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets fired because he peepees on the governor's letter. God, I can't take your vocabulary. Anymore. What do you mean, say? Pee-pee. I, <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's urinates. Funny. Yeah, he, urinates. He urinates on the governor's letter. Okay, so he gets fired. You can say pisses too, but I know you don't like vulgarity. So now Open he's all right. Yeah, he's got three children, and he's got a wife. Now his wife likes finer things, and they're doing really well in life. Except now he doesn't have a job. Yeah, sad for him. Okay, and around this time, his dad dies. Oh. So after that, now... The anesthesiologist. <sighs> now he's... That really affected him. So what does he do? Wait, can I, I... I'm sorry to interject. This is relevant, I promise. How was his relationship with his father? Because we we know that the father wasn't, like, super proud of him. But did he look up to his father? Or was it, like, a strained relationship because of the father's view of him? It was... It was strange because, number one, he quit college. His dad hated him. His mom was embarrassed by him. And his mom didn't even support him. And she knew he was crazy. In fact, after he gets fired from the BMV, he borrows $4,000 from his mother. And him and his wife, they open up a thrift shop. They open a thrift shop. (laughs) Yay. I guess it. Yeah, they open a thrift shop. And it was actually really successful. They made $50,000 the first year. Guess what the thrift shop's name was? Bowmeister's Thrift Shop. No. Save a lot. They own Save a Lot? It's not the same one, oh. but I wish it was. It's not the, the same. It's spelled store. exactly the same. You, you know Save a Lot? The grocery store. 
No. It's yeah. like a it's low a chain. end. It's like a low end grocery store. Like yeah. a zebra or like a he'll show you. You might recognize the logo. There were some in Massachusetts. Save a lot. It's not the same. I wish it was. It'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, it would. This store actually started in 1977, so they were before old Herb well, Baumeister. This Save a Lot is a grocery store. Yeah, and his was a thrift shop. His was like a bring in your used clothes, kind of a goodwill. Mm-hmm. That, all right, so Herb, how I don't, I'm not really sure about the economics of a thrift shop, right. but I know that he got a charity involved, mm-hmm. and they're almost like thrift shops are sponsored by a charity. Yeah, kind of like Savers. Yeah, exactly. So that's what happened. So he was sponsored by a charity, mm-hmm. like Kids with Cancer or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, But he was making really good money because Herb could go out and he could spot good deals, mm-hmm. you know? So he would buy, he would go out to like these places and buy old used stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then resell it. Exactly. Or other people would donate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would get a tax credit or something. Exactly. Because of the, he was sponsored by that charity. Mm-hmm. Okay. He made $50,000 his first year. Oh, now that was in 1980. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's that more w- than I can make. That that's was 1990. For a thrift shop, yeah. I don't think. He's 44 years old. He got fired. Best thing ever. Now he's he's literally rolling in the dough. Right? 1990, he made $50,000. They decided to open a second store. Now, and their business is booming. These save-a-lots are killing it. So now, him and his wife and his three kids, they moved to a big old farm. It's a big old mansion. Anything that has the word farm in it, as far as, like, the label of it, you know, it's, like, rich shit. Fox Hollow Farm. They moved to Fox Hollow Farm. Now, is that his house? Yeah, that's... He's got a huge house back there. 18 acres. Very large. Now, wow. if you look at it now, there's another subdivision that was recently built, but... At the time this... He sto- owned all of this? Yeah, the time this took place, it was him and... A large 18 acres. He had a long driveway. And that that was his sign right there. So, Jen, you'll like this episode because guess who visits Fox Hollow Farm nowadays? Santa! Ghost hunters, but yeah, I guess Santa would come there. Oh, ghost hunters. I yeah. love ghost hunters. There was a... All right, so there was a... <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Christmas. Before, there I was a all right. Trail. There was a ghost hunters documentary that I watched about this. Really, I literally had to force myself through it. I hate ghost hunter documentaries, oh, I love but them. it was great to see the layout. So they spent six months at Fox Hollow Farm. They went ghost through hunters? like the ghost. No, hunters? not the ghost hunters. It was an independent ghost hunter group. Oh, well, you but, gotta watch real ghost hunters. Yeah, well, they, because Jason's from Rhode Island. The guy that started it, he hmm. was from Rhode Island. Did you know that? All right, well, ghosts aren't real, they were so. I've seen a ghost. But you'll like this, Jen, because Ooh, th- this ghost. is one of the most haunted places in America. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. And well, you remember, like I said earlier, 
They found 6,000 bone fragments. Yeah, oh, yeah. And there's guarantee, I guarantee you there's way more than that. They really didn't do a great search because... I guess that makes sense. 18 acres is a lot of places, a lot of land to hide a body. Yeah. And if you're doing farming, no one's going to, no one's going to second guess... constantly a, cultivating a, the land. Yeah, exactly. No one's going to second guess you seeing a dirt pile because they're like, oh, they're probably just planting yeah. some crops. Yeah. But no, they're planting crops of bodies. There was also a creek, so the bones went down the creek. Yeah. So there was a lot more. They, they could only identify 11. This is the perfect murder place. Just like Sweeney Todd and his and, and Mrs. whatever her name is pie shop. So mm. and I want you to think about this as I tell a story. One of the reasons why they didn't catch this guy sooner is because this guy is murdering a bunch of gay people in the 90s. Who cares? I mean, we I we care, yeah, I care, but the cops don't give a shit. Not at that time. In small town Indiana. Oh no, not Indiana. They did That's hardly like nothing. Pedestal. He's he's yeah. Wow. You know, all right. I want you to think about this, Jen, because you brought this up in another episode. Will you, at the end of the day, if you got a good deal, would you live here on this farm? Fuck no. I don't fuck with ghost roommates. Because you know that there's bones still out there. I don't deal with that shit. I would not even stay I there. I wouldn't either, even if I don't believe it. You, it's just like bad juju. He's creepy. Yeah, thank you. Bad this juju. is Herb. Herb Baumeister. He's creepy looking. That's him. That's his wife, Juliana, when oh, they first got married. Oh, see, he's not as creepy looking then. Still a little, eh. She she's like kind of like... You guys, talkmurder.com, you see all the pictures. She's kind of like... That makes sense. This Betty Luhu. Cindy Luhu. What? Her name is Juliana. Yeah, right, I'm just Juliana. saying that's what she Who is. wants a beer? Raise your hand. I'll take one. I The rules dictate that I can't have another beer until you finish your drink, so hurry the fuck up. All right, during this time, the body of Eric Rodiger, 17 years old, was found in Indiana. Oh, no we're one... finally getting to the first murder. Here's the thing about this guy. He's a douchebag. He started this business, and it's stressful. I've been in a situation where I'm getting stressed out of business, and what do you do to relieve the stress? Well, you kill a bunch of gay guys. I mean, that's the the best naturally. thing to do. Um, yeah, naturally. Not sure about that, but all right. So during this time, cops were looking for the I seventy Strangler. Ooh. Now this guy was going up and down Interstate seventy, strangling gay people that he would meet. Or she would meet at the bar and in Ohio and then take them back through the Indian Indiana Indiana border and then dump them on the Indiana border. So So there was no jurisdiction for the Ohio police because the crime they weren't sure if the crime was committed in Indiana or Ohio, even though the person was from Ohio, they were found in Indiana. Yeah, so these bodies, wow. no one even knows to this day if Herb Baumeister did that, but it is pretty suspect that his he's from Indiana. He picked them up in Ohio, brought them back to Indiana. Mm. Sounds kind of, you know. So well, They were all male victims? They are all male victims, All a lot of prostitutes, gay prostitutes. And at the time, during when it started... All these bodies started piling up through strangulation. You know what's interesting? Hmm. I'm sorry. I I just am interesting. Like we haven't in our all of our episodes, we haven't heard about any like gay women being killed. Only gay men. Hmm. Well, it's <laughs> one. I mean, most most not all, but most of our serial killers or are killers male. have been male. Yeah. 
So maybe there's just less a propensity for females to do that against other females. Maybe. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, like, also, but, like, if the hatred is, like, for gay people, then why aren't they killing gay women as well? I don't know. Maybe because they don't view gay women as, like, invasive. I don't know. It's, just like, not as, like... If you think about two females, it's not as, like... I don't want to say the word pervasive, but, like, extreme of an act. As it might be for males. No, I mean, no one can prove to this date that he killed all these gay guys by strangling them and throwing them off the side of the interstate. But it's pretty suspect. But what we can prove is what happened after that. Now, once he moves to Fox Hollow Farm, his big farm, um, some people started going missing at the local gay bar. Well, they, there was like a whole strip of gay bars. And guys started going missing a lot. Right, and you and you're thinking like, how did this guy pull this off if he's married with three kids? Because no one suspected him. Mm. No one suspected him. Number one, and his wife, they had a, they started having a very strained relationship. So she was at one point thinking about divorce, trying to get that proceeding going. Well, yeah, and if you only have sex with your wife six times... Once every five years. Over 30 years, that's like... Like, that's not... A, that's not... That's not a lot at all. Uh-uh, that's not enough. Like, I feel like... I feel like a lot of the times men complain more about not having enough sex as more than women do. You know what I mean? But even for women... That's not a lot. That's not. We have needs too, people. That's right. All right. So I'm going to run through the, some list of victims. They were all strangled. Okay? Huh. And some of them were just reported missing, never found. Mm-hmm. All right. So stop me if you got a question. Um, 1990... You don't like it when we stop you. True. The body of Clay Boatman was found. He was 32 years old. He was strangled to death. Okay, Michael Riley, a 22-year-old, he disappears. No one's ever found him. Johnny Bayer, 31, was reported missing. His body was eventually identified as one of the bone fragments on the Fox Hollow farm. Jeffrey Jones, 31, missing. Richard Hamilton, 20 years old, missing. Alan Livingston, 27. Stephen Hale, Alan Brucerd, Roger Alan Goodlett. Goodlett was one of the key players to get this guy caught because one of his friends, and I'll tell you in a second. So you have all these gay guys going missing and the Indiana, the Indianapolis police literally didn't give a shit. They didn't launch an investigation. In fact, the only one that did launch an investigation was a private investigator. I just have a comment. When you strangle someone to death, it's really about power. I feel like. Like when you, it's very personal. Yeah. When you just shoot someone, it's like you can pull a trigger that takes less than a second. When you strangle someone to death, you're literally taking the breath out of them. You're taking their life from them, like, personally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Virgil Vandegrift was a private eye that really caught this, well, not caught this guy. This guy never, I mean, he killed himself. But he was the guy, so he was hired by this family that said their son was missing. Mm. So they hired Virgil. And then not even a few weeks later, another family hired him 
that said, hey, can you find my son? So immediately he knew that there was a serial killer in the area. Now, the cops literally did not do anything about it. They could care less. I mean, they couldn't care, you know. They did not care. So that was one of the reasons he kept going. I'm going to read some quotes from the book. He stood at the crossroads in his life. In one direction was the straight and narrow path that his father prescribed him. Marriage to Julie and his very own pursuit of the American dream. On the other side were his hidden alternate personas, the corpse, defiling, morbid, obsessive, and the flamboyant gay party boy. So they think Herb had fragmented personality disorder or something like that. So like at one point he was one person, next person he was, you know. Mm-hmm. And Julie didn't know the wise. She had no idea. I'm um, buzzed. Are you going to drink your drink? Yeah. So here's what happened. He's not catching up. They're at Fox Hollow Farm. It's a big location. And Julie is now going about 100 miles away so she would often take the kids so to visit her grandma. So they had a condominium on Lake Wawasi. So Herb, at the time, he would say, no, I can't go. I can't go with you and the kids. I got to stay here and take care of the business because he has two thrift stores. So he would use that excuse because when the cops finally came to Julie and they were like, well, there's, there's no way that he could be committing all these crimes because aren't you with him, him and the kids? Right. Well, there was a large portion of her calendar blocked off. Huh. Every summer she would go to Lake Wawasee with the grandma, you know, with grandma? the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, with his, well, with Herb's grandma. Grandma. Baumeister. Baumeister. She would go visit Grandma Baumeister, the kids, Bounty. and Herb would be staying at home. He would say, oh, I got, I can't just leave. I got a thrift shop. I mean, what, what if something happens? I got to be here. That's strange, though, because it's like his grandmother. Don't you think it normally, like, the wife wouldn't want to go see her husband's grandmother? Possibly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Like, I don't have any grandparents left, so I can't commiserate but i wish i had got had more time to spend with them her baumeister killed himself so we don't actually know exactly how he killed his victims but there was one survivor so wow and this survivor has told a lot his name was tony harris he met herb at a gay bar tony harris was sitting there looking across and herb was staring he was sitting at the bar Drinking whatever he's drinking, probably a apple teeny or something, and he was staring. <laughs> Ooh, apple teeny, apple teeny, <laughs> and he was staring at a wanted poster—not a wanted poster, but a a missing person poster. Oh, so the private eye, Virgil Vandegrift, yes. went around and put missing posters of Alan Goodlett all over the bars. So Herb was sitting there staring at it. No one's talking to him. It's very awkward. Everyone's coupled up. And he is like in his own world because this is the first time he saw the poster. And he's just like reminiscing about all the stuff that he just did today because he murdered him. And Tony Harris saw this. And Tony Harris is a big guy. He's six seven. He's wow. huge. And that wasn't Herb's MO. But Tony Harris. Basketball player. Yeah, because... Um, Herb usually like that in my life. All these other guys were five, 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 nine, or whatever. Average so size. yeah, so he 
goes up to Herb and they start talking. But in Tony Harris's mind, he knew because Dallas is one of his best friends Oh, on the poster. He knew this guy had something to do with it. Hmm. He was staring at him and said, I know. He's like, I know this guy killed him. No one can prove it. Hmm. Right. But he knew that it was this guy. So what does he do? He kind of goes undercover. He drinks with Herb. They start hitting on each other. And they're both gay, right? So they're making out. Gone by. So they end up going home together. Herb drives them. To his house, mm-hmm. way in Indiana, down this long driveway. Fox Hollow. Fox Hollow Farm. He pulls up around the back of the That's house. A nice house. Mm. Yeah, it was a mansion. It's gorgeous. He pulls up around the back of the house, and Tony asks him, "Is like who is this yours?" And Herb was like, "No, I'm basically house sitting for this couple." But it and was his. It, it was his. He was lying. There's yeah, that, he owned this house. There's that indoor pool. Look, it even has a, <laughs> a beach tropical. Scene. So what you don't see in this indoor pool picture. So Herb brought the guy, his new victim, to the indoor pool. Now, this is supposedly where he killed all of his victims right here in this pool that you're looking at right now. And what he happened, because it happened to Tony Harris, he just didn't die was they were drinking and doing drugs, cocaine, stuff like that, having a good time. It was probably like 2, 3 in the morning. And Herb is like, hey, I don't know if you've heard of this thing. It's kind of a new thing people are doing. It's called erotic asphyxiation. Basically, if you want to have the best orgasm of your life, if you want to just spurt everywhere, if you want to just get it, Hot. Okay. Get hot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't make eye contact with me when you say this. You have to make eye contact with Nicole. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's like not okay. It's really funny when he does. Okay. When he does make eye contact with me. Yeah. He's so make you uncomfortable. He sent. So the victim, mm. Tony, is sitting on the chair like a beach chair. Mm-hmm. Tony, all right, so he's kind of drunk, Buzz. Now, he was trying to limit himself because he has a suspicion this guy was murdering his friends. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. But still, he's kind of buzzed. He goes in, and all the lights, all the lights in Herb's home. All of the lights, all of the lights. <coughs> yes. I'll, listen. I'm so <laughs> glad to have Nicole here because she knows what I am thinking. You know what? You know what? Forget the indoor pool. I want a beach. True. Well, we can have an indoor pool both. and I a beach. I want both. Yeah. Because what I was going to do here was do like the dual hot tub slash like infinity pool. <sighs> Infinity pool. See what you're missing. I only need to save like 25 G's for that. (laughs) That's all we need. That's what our Patreon subscribers are going to go to. Yes. Just a dollar a month, people. (laughs) Just Just a dollar dollar a month. month. And eventually we'll get our infinity hot pool. If you want to come over and visit our infinity pool, just donate a dollar a month. And if you want to give more than that, you're more than welcome to. He might need to donate $100 a month for us to get this. but I only donate $5 a month, but that's, you know. That's on me. That's right. Touche. I got a text from Bank of America the other day, and they were like, did you mean to donate this money to Patreon? And I was like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. (laughs) Tony Harris is laying on the chair. 
Now he's drunk and a little bit of high on cocaine. And her Baumeister says, hey, Tony, do you know what's really hot right now? Choking you with a hose. So, well, I didn't mean to say that. He said erotic asphyxiation. Basically, I'm going to choke you. Until you get an erection? No, he's doing them at the same time. Yeah. And I'm going to... Does do use, you? Does he use the pool cleaner Mario in the pool? No. Well, he uses his hose. No, a- Mario is the name of like the company. Like, like my aunt had one. It was called Mario. A pu- we had, yeah, we called it Alvin. Oh, maybe it was, she just liked that name. Yeah. We, like Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks. All right. So he she said called it Mario because she wanted to have an Italian cool cleaner. Pool cleaner. All right. So he said, "Do you want?" the best orgasm of your life yes. and he's like Always. yes <laughs> so and he had the suspicion orgasm, so yeah sure so herb do that without a man herb pulls out a hose that was under the chair and he wraps it around tony's neck and starts choking him mm. and now here's the thing tony quickly realized that herb wasn't gonna let up he was gonna kill him yeah. And this is what happened. To, he immediately realized this is what happens to all the other victims mm-hmm. that he killed. So he would choke them out. And Herb's so weird that he would have to use a line like, hey, the, the, have you heard of erotic asphyxiation? You may try it. It's like, cool. He's like so weird and like not attractive to people that he would have to use stupid lines like that just to do it. You know what I'm saying? So he pulled out this hose, tied it around his neck, and would not let go. So Tony, knowing he's about to die like all them other guys did, fakes being dead. Good for you, Tony. And he's just like, and he he stops making a sound. And then Herb looks down, like shakes him, and he's like, "Are, are you dead yet? Are you dead yet? And then Tony... Gets a gasp of air. <gasps> and and Herb is like, looked at him like shocked. Like, oh, fuck, I thought you were dead. And then like, Herb is such a weirdo that he doesn't finish him off. He just gets up and keep in mind that this guy was 6'7". So he, Herb didn't really, he could overpower him. Right. So Herb goes to the bar, does himself a little drugs because of... You know, he's so fucked up in the head. Yeah. And then he passes out. And Tony is, like, literally about dead. Finally comes to. Literally would have died right then if he didn't pretend, pretend to be dead. So now he sees Herb. Like, he's just like, what the fuck is going but on? Herb notice him breathing? My, all right. So Herb's killed, like, 30 guys like this. Right. So he knows when they're dead. Basically, right. they stop moving. Yeah. So Tony stopped moving. Yeah, but if he stops moving, his he's still breathing, so his chest is still going to go up. And keep in mind, they're high on coke, and they're drinking a lot of alcohol. Yeah, but you're still breathing. Your chest goes... goes <sighs> well, he didn't die, Jen. I don't know what to tell you. Well, I'm just saying, if he was actually paying attention... Did to you him, want him to die? No. Because we could probably email him. Is he still living? Well, I'm just saying that he would notice, like, if he was paying attention, that the guy's not fucking dead. I feel like you wanted him to die. I didn't want him to die. I'm just saying that if he was smart, he would know that his victim is not dead. So he he sees Herb passed out. Now, 
He doesn't know his name's Herb. I should have mentioned this before. I'll cut it in. When Herb Meister, or Herb Meister, when Herb, I'm Mr. Herb Meister, I'm Mr. Choke. When Herb Baumeister goes to the bar, he doesn't say, hey, my name is Herb Baumeister. No, he says, hey, my name is Brian. Brian? Brian Smart. He was such a freaking weirdo that he used the word name Brian Smart. You know, I liked the name Brian until you just told me. So now everyone's looking out for Brian Brian Smart. And the Backstreet Boys is my favorite. Mm. So this guy lives. Herb passes out. And in this guy's mind, he's like, Uh, oh, my God. Like, this is how he killed everyone else. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but Tell me why ain't nothing but a missing. Tell me why I never wanna hear you say I want it that way. The Backstreet Boys are supposed to tour with the Spice Girls. I would deplete my life savings. I would too. Who is your Backstreet Girl? Or I mean Spice Girl? My Spice Girl? Sporty Spice. I always wanted to be Sporty Spice. I was really a posh. Mm. I can see that. Yeah. I wanted to be Sporty, though. Okay, so, after he killed, after Herb strangles all the victims, now keep in mind his wife and kids are at the lake house, 100 miles away. They have no idea what's going on. And no one, his neighbors... Aren't even neighbors. I mean, think about it. He owns this huge farm. Yeah. No one sees what's going on. Mm-hmm. So he strangles them, throws them out back, and then when he wakes up in the morning, he just literally throws them on the burn pit and burns them. Ooh, no. And this happened to 20, 30 different guys. And no one questioned him about it. Okay, now I want to point out one thing. When Tony Harris walks in... So, they're drunk. You know, they get out of his Buick. And he's like, yeah, this isn't my house. I just, you know, I I just maintain it. And they walk into the pool room. And Tony noticed something really odd. What? The pool? Because they, they hang around the pool. Mm. This doesn't just look like a regular pool. There's mannequins everywhere i don't see any mannequins well not now this is after the fact why don't you put any real-time photos there were mannequins everywhere that's weird and this is one of the reasons freak me out yeah they freak everyone out and this is one of the reasons julie i walked into cvs this morning they had a mannequin i thought it was a real person but it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) well i'm glad they had sunglasses and a hat on how was i supposed to know i thought was i said good morning ma'am creepy I literally you greeted, said good morning. I just greeted the mannequin. Let me show you a little bit of oh, the uh, house of dark past fulfills what? What's this? Ooh, what? Oh, 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 no, let's. I'll cut this in. This is what I want to talk about at the end. This is the family that bought the house. Now they're living oh, in it now. Oh, so okay. they bought it for a fucking deal. No, yeah, like a no. They got it for nine hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars. Wow, this is like literally. A fourth of what the house is worth. And that's in 2012. Yeah. 
What did they buy the house for? And I, look, re- read the first seven thousand dollars. Read the first huge home came at discount after human bounds. No, read the down. read the names of the people that bought it. Rob, Rob and Vicky Graves. Graves. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's kind of ironic. One of the reasons Julie decided to file for divorce is her. All right, Herb's a great businessman. You you know why his thrift shop's doing so well? Why? Because he's finding awesome. great deals on everything, and like he's what? hoarding everything. That's why he had mannequins. Hoarders. He's hoarding everything, like all kinds of stuff. Hold on, I'll show you this. I think there was something in this picture. Or was no, he actually classified as a hoarder, or are you just saying that? No, he was a hoarder. Uh, maybe I don't have the picture. Wow. He has such a nice property. It's so sad that he's a killer. Okay, check this out. Not only that, wow. this is gonna drive you guys. This is gonna make this. But that pool looks so nice right now. I could jump. You know, jump how many people right died in. there, uh-huh. gay guys. Listen, this is gonna be very it interesting matter to you. If you're gay or straight or black or white, people or Chinese just died there or whatever. You Jen, died. You're still a victim. It doesn't matter what you are. Do you know what's awesome? What? Well, I shouldn't say that. Do you know what Herb thought was awesome? What? After he kills someone, and then. A few weeks later, he sees some random person on the street wearing that person's clothes because no. he took the clothes and then put them in his own <gasps> thrift shop and sold the clothes. That's how he made a profit. That is so smart. Them, he just <laughs> sold them. Oh my god! He's what an a efficient dick. He's an efficient businessman. I guess so. But still a dick. Wow. That's not okay, man. Selling dead people's clothes. <laughs> it's one thing to sell dead that person's right, clothes man. at an estate sale. That oh, my God. Right. But that's why I don't shop at, like, Savers or anything like that. Because you don't know where those pl- things came from, you know? It's like antique shops. You don't fuck with that juju. That ain't right. You don't know whose stuff you're buying. Ain't right. Like, cufflinks. You know, I went to an antique shop when I went home over the past uh, past month or so or whatever. And, yeah, I bought some, like, albums, but I didn't buy any cufflinks or clothes or anything like that. You don't know where those things came from. Like, music is history enough for me. I don't think about the person that owned them. Maybe I should. I don't know. Maybe they belong to a serial killer. I don't know. I think know. you're thinking about enough. But, like, like cufflinks... And, like, there was a lot of Nazi memorabilia, which was oh. weird. It was weird. I didn't think that was legal. I thought, like, selling Nazi. Well, no, it wasn't really necessarily Nazi memorabilia, but it was, like, German soldiers, blah, 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 hmm. blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, I'm okay. Or, like, German helmet or, like, German badge or whatever. Like, I don't want that shit. Like, yeah, give me your music, but I don't want your clothing or like furniture that has like some bad shit associated with yeah. it like i don't Fuck like no. like i i feel like antiques antique shopping it's cool to look at but like to take it home with you is taking someone else's past with you and it's like this realm of like stuff you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, someone else's energy coming home with you. Like, I don't need that. I want my own energy. I got energy. Got a lot of en- Like, you know that Drake song? You know what I mean? Like, I don't need that shit. I don't need anyone else's shit. I just want my own shit. And that's it. Like, bad... You don't need that bad, bad vibe. Bad juju. Yeah, bad juju. I don't fuck with ghost roommates. I don't fuck with dead people. I don't fuck with antique ownership i do buy used albums because they're like original and like 
less expensive than new albums. New albums are expensive. They're like 30 bucks a pop. I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I don't need that. I don't need that bad vibes. I don't need your history or whatever. You know? Yep. That's what I gotta say about that. Future John, you leave that whole segment in, please. But, Future John, John, current current John, and Future John, in the next episode when we're talking about, like, my accent, you know what I mean? Like, you can cut that whole part out, okay? You want me to remind you tomorrow when you're editing? You're not gonna remember. You're probably gonna cut it anyway, because you just cut whatever I say. You don't really care. You just want to hear your own self-talk. Okay. He just wants to hear his own voice. He doesn't care what we have to say. He just wants to hear him talk. He's a man. All men are like that. Okay, so during all these murders, he actually recorded. He had a camcorder. So when the police, that cop, that female cop stopped him in Canada, those are the videotapes. No one's ever found those videotapes. Wow. So no one knows where he dumped them. They were in Canada somewhere. So he filmed himself killing those people? Yeah. That's weird. Okay, so Julie didn't know any of this was going on. How? Because she was always with Grandmother Baumeister? Who knows? All right. Well, that's what you said earlier. I think she knew, but she didn't want to admit it because she's living a good life. She's got a huge mansion. You know, why would she complain? I don't think she knew the extent of it, but I think she knew something was going on. Well, yeah. I mean, she she complained about only, you know, sleeping with her husband six times in 30 years. Like... Number one, you got to take care of your wife financially, emotionally, physically, anything that you got to do. You got to, when you're married, like, you got to make sure that each other's needs are met, you know? Like, I just feel like that's a thing when you're married or in a relationship in general. Just like, not a lot. And that's purely talking about the physical stuff. And like, that's just a symptom of like, the emotional conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I'm I'm sure there are people out there who don't like the physical stuff. You know, it's possible. I don't know, personally. You'll know. I'm just saying, you know, like, there are people that it's not their thing. And that's okay. You know, maybe it's the person you're with, or maybe, you know, maybe you're, I don't know. I'm just saying, like... I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm fucking drunk, but like John you know, Gino or saying You know what I'm saying? John. Go ahead, John. 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 Interject. Herb let his fingers trace over the skeleton Herb. laid out before him. Oh, you hidden you under said the that in like such a sexual way. It was kinda like Herb <sighs> hidden let his not- fingers trace over the skeleton. Hidden I'm sorry, un- I believe it's fucked I don't, up. Can I, can like, I like finish the sentence? Yeah, whose skeleton are you talking about? Hidden under the paper-thin surface of skin and the barely thicker layer of muscle, he pressed down and felt the cool of the night air already starting to seep into the gift of flesh laid out before him. Are you reading from a pornography? He shuddered, drew himself out of the corpse, and then thrust his way back in with an elated yelp. With each movement, the world around him became darker and more distant until there was nothing left except for him and his body and this body that's weird the perfect gift he had given himself as god of 
his tiny dark universe. Oh. Mm. He had inter- he had eternity to enjoy his little treasure now. So so he killed someone and then he's he's a necrophiliac. He's raping the corpse. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. That's gross. Yeah, he would mostly have sex with the corpse after. Not like, but not when they were alive. No, he would have sex with them while they were alive, kill and them also, and then. But he wouldn't get the pleasure from that. He would get the pleasure from after, where he can be himself. That's weird. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's not okay, but I guess you got to do you. I don't know. I'm drunk. I don't know what I'm saying. It is unknown exactly how many hitchhikers suffered this fate. Hitchhikers? Yeah, that was the I-70 killers. Oh. So he was an I-70 killer that was as well. Nickname? But then when he moved to the Fox Hollow farm, he became just... I mean, he didn't have to dump them on the side of the road. He has his own mansion to mm-hmm. do what he wanted. So with. what was his name when he was not I mean, he, killing highway people? They just called him the gay strangler, but oh. yeah. That's not a creative name. But no you one's got to do better they can't, than that. Right, no one's proved that he did it. Just because you find 6,000 bone fragments on her Baumeister's property doesn't mean that he killed anyone. Keep in mind, he shot himself before he got to confess anything. Yeah, but I mean, 6,000. All right, so there are 206 bones in in an adult human body. 6,000 divided by 200 is 300. Yeah, but you got to keep in mind that... No, not bones, fragments. So a femur could be in like four different pieces. Right, but I'm just saying. Like, you got. You also got to keep in mind that like no one knows how many people he killed, or if he even killed anyone. Well, then why well, are we doing this episode? I'll, I mean, obviously he killed a shit ton of people. Right. But to prove it beyond, like, if he. He shot himself in the head, and the only thing well, good that for him, you know, at least he took his own life. So he, you know, yeah. But the the thing is, I'm not, I, I am not condoning he suicide by any th- means. I just want to put that out there. I'm just saying, like this guy took his own life before he could be uh, accused or whatever. So he took his own life before mm-hmm. the the government or people who decided his fate could. He was in charge of his own life. I'm not saying suicide is a good thing. It is not a good thing. If you are considering suicide, please, please, please seek help. Talk to your counselor. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. If you're considering anything like that, make sure, like, just don't do it. It's not okay. It's not good at all. Yes, everyone knows he killed all these people. And all the bone fragments were found in his backyard. But the, the, he wrote a three-page suicide note mm. that didn't mention one fucking thing about killing people. Mm-hmm. He's not. So did he do that to say fuck you? He's not interested in redemption. Or was he just completely schizophrenic and fragmented psyche out of his mind that the person that wrote that note didn't kill anyone, but his other personality killed? That Ooh. that is a crazy Ooh. thing. That's what I'm trying to say. The the three-page suicide note blamed everything on his suicide but killing all these people. It, it did not mention one thing about killing anyone. Maybe he doesn't feel guilty about it. That's why he didn't come. Or maybe he didn't know he was doing it. Because if you're schizophrenic, you might not know. Mm. Right? Or you might not know that it's wrong. Hmm. But it's most likely he knew. Yeah. 
mean, let's be honest. He was literally f- f- throwing bodies in a burn pit. Now, Julie, she did get really suspicious at one point. Okay. 1994, two years before he killed himself. He was 48 at the time. His son, Eric, found a human skull in the backyard. Really? So think about it. Little Eric. Mommy, mommy, look what I got, mommy. And it's a human skull. Which that'd be freaking awesome to have, by the way. I have to be really freaky, actually. If I were a kid and I found that, I probably would shit my pants and cry. Yeah, but he's a small kid. So he goes, Mommy, look what I found. And then Julie, I mean, think about if if I bring home a human skull, what would you guys be like? What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, you have that feather sitting in your thing, and I'm already like... You also have the uh, steer on the fireplace. Yeah, when I saw that, I mean, I had to put the... That aside, I'm like, well, maybe southern people just like that kind of thing. I do like the steer. I love it. That's it's kind of cool. I picked that up in Mexico. I know. Like, in in the desert. That still's got, like, flesh, flesh on it. Ugh. I never cleaned it. I dare you to lick it. Mm-mm. Not gonna lick it. <laughs> All right, listen. That's a weird thing for you to dare me to do. What do I get if I do it? <laughs> so, all right. So, Julie, Juliana, she's like, <gasps> what? <gasps> So Put that down, Teddy. She marches out well, to the backyard, and she <laughs> she uncovers an entire skeleton, not just the skull. Wow! But the entire body, bones, femurs, butt, bones, but- penis, bone, everything. Penis don't have a bone; they're cartilage. I mean, everything. Huh. Pulls the skeleton out, hangs, holds it by one arm, like oh whoa! It's like you know those dancing skeletons, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> like Coco, like yeah. on Halloween. Yeah, like yeah. Halloween dancing skeletons. So she brings the entire skeleton back and is like, Herb, what the hell? Why is there a fucking skeleton? Why is there a freaking skeleton in the backyard? And Herb tries to play it off like, um. Oh, you never went to anatomy? The head bone's connected to the, you know, his weird sense of humor. Mm. And then he says, don't worry about it, sweetie. Don't worry about it, sweet cakes, pumpkin pie, lover, pretty girl. The skeleton's there because it was my father's. Remember, he was an anesthesiologist, and he used it for an an anatomy. Hmm. What? Class or whatever. That's what he says. I don't believe it. No one believes it. Even Julianne didn't believe it. In fact, at a later date, she actually told the cops that, hey, uh, because they were, all right, when the cops finally did, they couldn't get Herb because he was a respected businessman. You don't just go searching around a respected businessman's property, right? right? So eventually, once they knew that Juliana was filing for divorce, they went up to her and tried to convince him or convince her to let them search her the property which she didn't allow Mm. but eventually the cops were really on like right before he died they were really on his trail and he actually kidnapped the kids Mm. and drove up to michigan and then that's when Juliana was like i need to get my kids back you guys can search the property and by the way i found a human skull like a year ago oh my gosh so now, when she found that human, she she drug up the skeleton, dug up the skeleton, and then it disappeared. So Herb did something with it. 
And I'd like to also point out, when they did find those 6,000 bones, and probably way still more that they haven't found, but no one will ever know because Herb's dead. Mm-hmm. When they did uncover those all those bone fragments, they didn't find any skulls hmm. at all. That one skull was the only skull they found. So he decapitated them before he buried them? Who knows? No one knows. No one will ever know. That secret went with Herb. And it went with that 357 Magnum bullet into his limbic system. That's it, not that fair. secret is done. What about the families? Like, that's- what about the families? The families could have had closure in the three-page suicide note that I was trying to tell you about, but they didn't. The families will never get closure. They did identify eleven bodies, maybe. Right? I mean, who knows? They could have just been. Saying they get to give closure. Mm-hmm. I mean, how are you really going to identify bodies off a femur, mm-hmm. right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. But, yeah, no one's getting closure. No one knows how anyone died. The only eyewitness account we is what we have from someone that actually lived it. He was getting choked. You know? And that's how he knows... That all of the other friends of his died that way because he actually survived. Right. So he, but but he didn't know the guy is Herb Baumeister. He knew him as and Brian, Brian Smart. Smart. Yeah. And he actually was very. What well, he actually was very crucial in bringing this case to a halt. Now, keep in mind. The Hamilton Police Department, which was the police department in Indiana, Hamilton. they didn't do shit, and they got a lot of pushback. They didn't actually put surveillance on Herb until he was gone in Canada. He was. They dug up thousands of bones in his backyard. Herb goes missing. And the police still didn't do anything. Why? I don't know. Maybe because he's a respected businessman. And like I said, when you got wealth and you live in a mansion in a very high net worth neighborhood, you don't want to maybe. There's no way he could do that. This guy didn't do that. There's two murderers here. There's two serial killers. The I-70 Strangler. When he was going back and forth between Ohio and Indiana, he was kidnapping hitchhikers gay men they all had the same build same look same age range they would all be strangled the same way and thrown into the ditch right Mm -hmm. that was one right the other was when herb and the reason they they know that it was herb is because that stopped when herb moved into the fox hollow farm and his wife was leaving for the summers up in Wawasee Lake with his grandma, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when that happened, the killing started, but they stopped on the I-70 murders right. because now he's got a, his own place. Yeah, but you said we would meet three serial killers. Who was the third? There are, There is a third... Oh, good catch. Yeah, good catch. But I, I, I don't know if I want to go into that because... I honestly... it's already 4.40? Well, yeah, that is completely different. It's suspected that he also killed five women. Hmm. That's different than his other that I know, though. Yeah. Yeah, but it's... The I-70 and the other was ex- was exclusively for gay men. Yeah, but it, 
during this time, it's very like it's it's very loose. It it, it probably wasn't him. It may have been, but maybe well, not. Just for our knowledge, you can cut this from the podcast. Yeah. But what was it? Over the course of two months, this man killed five women and one man who was shot from behind after being mistaken for a woman due to his long hair and slender build. Okay. Examination of the ballistics evidence showed that the perpetrator had been using jewel, a jeweler's rogue to try and clear the barrel of the pistol and prevent further jams. Jeweler, jeweler's rogue, whatever that is, um, was used frequently in the thrift store to remove scratches in the glass. Herb was also known to own a twenty-two caliber pistol that he took with him on business for protection keeping it in his glove compartment, which he would use to intim- not intimidate, but to threaten the victims. So he killed women and men with that. It's a pretty pretty familiar forensics as in those, but it's completely different MO. So here's... All right, so he, if you want to put this in, here's the thing. They think Herb was so... It, it's not like a Todd Kohlhepp. This is a f- completely out-of-his-mind individual. Mm. Schizophrenic, fragmented personalities. So one personality is going around his hatred for women, killing women. His other personality is choking hitchhikers. And his other personality is choking people with a hose. I mean, it's completely different MOs. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's literally... You know, it's so crazy. And they, they know that he did both the strangling and the strangling with the hose. And those are two different MOs. Right. So they could map those two out. So they were trying to connect them with this, which is a possibility he did. But who knows? I mean, who? On, the, at the bottom line is no one will ever know. He took that secret with him to his grave. Kind of selfish. I mean, if you're going to off yourself, you should at least like uh, the only point where I would say not to say anything is if you are innocent. And in that right that, you know, I did not do this so that people know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're guilty and you're going to kill yourself, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. What's the point of keeping the secret? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Keeping your name a good name if you're not a good person does not make any sense. You're going to kill yourself anyway. So what does it matter? You know, you shouldn't kill yourself. You shouldn't kill other people. You know, but if if you're going to do either of those, at least come clean so that the families can have closure. And your family can have closure. Yeah. You know, because if you if you take someone else's life, you're most like I mean, government and and police, they're going to find out DNA is much more prevalent today than it was back in the day. You're going to get caught. Mm -hmm. Sorry. So you better come clean. And if you're going to take your own life, you have to give closure to those who you affected in your own family. I'm not condoning taking your own life. Don't do that. It's not okay. You know, but if you're in that much pain, you need to let us know. Because when you do that, you take everyone else. Like, it it takes the grieving process and makes it worse for other people. 
It's a very selfish act. Uh, let me let me say this. I'm just saying. I'm I know. sorry. Don't I'm just saying. Bear. All right, listen. This well, is. Fine. All right, I'm reading from the book. The killings were supremely impersonal. He walked up to the strangers and shot them in the back of the head. Yeah, a yeah. far cry mm. from the extreme intimate murders that he had indulged in so far. We already recognize that Herb disassociated constantly, fragmenting this personality into acceptable and unacceptable personas that he would try to adopt at the appropriate time. We also know we, we also know that this put a great deal of stress on Herb, creating situations where he was suicidal when he was not able to integrate the different sides of his psyche, or at least let the dark side out to play. So it's, it seems entirely possible then that these impersonal killings represented the other side of his mind. During his downward spiral... His wife, he, he knows his wife is going to divorce him. She's probably going to take the kids. Also, Save-A-Lot thrift stores started plummeting. So now he's not making as much money. The stress is piling on. Plus, he's got 6,000 bones in the backyard, and police are digging up like crazy. Like, it all started just... When he was 50 years old, it all just started going downhill quick, you know? And he just couldn't deal with it. A lot of ghost researchers have been to this property because think keep in mind there's i mean who knows it could be hundreds of bodies out there was it haunted before he bought it no no it's haunted because he literally threw all these bodies in a burn pit and just swept their ashes or swept their bones out into so the these creek are modern day ghosts yeah these are modern day so ghost hunters flock to this place psychologically affected properties states that if something has occurred like a murder or even a suicide or something like that in a property it varies from state to state but the owner does not have to disclose that information unless he is specifically asked about it yeah fuck that i'm gonna ask every single fucking person i know checking in massachusetts i thought in massachusetts it was law you had to you had to I tell us everywhere. Yeah, like you have to tell us if a murder occurred. No, only if you ask. That, that that's well, the I term. Well, I will ask every fucking realtor I see if I ever become <sighs> in the in the financial state where I can buy a house. Or if my partner can buy a house and I'm there, then you fucking know that I will ask every question to make sure that there was no death, murder, or etc. involved on that property. You know why? Because I don't fuck with that. No bad. But you have to ask. I will ask. So in Charleston, South Carolina, because a lot of the homes here have history. Yeah, there's a lot of nice historical homes. A lot of homes are over 300 years old. Mm -hmm. And so even... Actually, the Historical Society, anything older than I... uh, I think it's... 1865. mm -hmm. Yeah, anything older than that is automatically preserved for (laughs) historical purposes. Yeah, they can't tear it down. Yeah. No matter how fucking ugly it is. Yeah, so you, you know, there's a lot of nice places here. So if we, you know, ever become to the point of success that we want to move downtown Charleston in a nice historical home... Solomon's Island, always. Why would you move downtown that shit? Well, there there are some nice houses downtown. Oh God! There are, but I'm really beach. Beach, man. Hey, listen, an owner. So in well, South Carolina, it doesn't matter wherever we are. You yeah. know that if I am looking for a house with you, whether you be my future spouse, partner, or, you know, or my killer. future roommate, 
killer, whatever, you know, I'm going to ask. Wife. If you, if this house has ever became a boar's Ex-wife. A murder in it. Cellmate. Stop. So in Charleston, it's South okay. Carolina. It's okay. The laws it of. No, it's fine. The laws of psychologically affected properties in Charleston, South Carolina, since a lot of these homes are old. An owner is not required to disclose the fact or suspicion that a property may be or is psychologically affected. That does not mean that if specifically asked, the owner can make intentional misrepresentations. That means if you ask, hey, someone get murdered here, did a gay guy murdered in the pool, and then someone drag him out and put him in a fire, then they have to say yes. Okay? It should also be noted. It should also be noted that the psychologically affected definition also includes if someone died in the property and the manner of death. Can you look up the policies for Massachusetts and Rhode Island? Yeah, I'm doing that right now. You ain't gonna. This is a, this is a home. Two families had hired me as a private investigator. That's to Virgil. That's the private the investigator. Of two of the rallies. He's the guy that solved this. The cops didn't do it. Very briefly, I saw someone in the woods. That's the owner now. It was just a person that looked like somebody walking through with a red shirt on. And I said, where is he? And she said, well, he's gone. And it's so funny. I remember that name from the... Yeah, they're the guys that bought it. Him and his wife bought it. Mm -hmm. Now, they said, oh, I remember someone with a red shirt. And I was watching this. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing. This guy (laughs) has got a red shirt on right here. I'm like, well, did you see this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Did you see this asshole? (laughs) After they played around for a while, the... The individual who later was found to be her Baumeister asked him if he had ever done anything with uh, having something put around his throat and, um, in other words, uh, asphyxiation. It was like a drug feeling. It felt very much like uh, the old days of like quaaludes or something kind of down like a. So her. Put a swimming pool hose around his neck. Herb started out using it as a sexual thrill. The informant could feel the effects of it, felt like he was going to pass out, so he acted like he passed out. He stayed like that for a couple minutes, and then when he opened up his eyes, Herb was extremely surprised that he was awake. The video is not telling me anything. I don't want to watch this video. It is finished. Someone sign us off. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to Talk Murder to Me. I don't know how much we really learned from the final couple minutes of this video of our episode, but I do know that her Baumeister was a monster. So, uh, and he had a really nice indoor pool. So if you want to <laughs> donate to our Patreon page so that we can achieve our goal of having an indoor pool, you can do that. Go to www.patreon.com slash talkmurder. Other than that, thank you for listening. We love you guys, and we really hope that you enjoyed listening to us go on for hours and hours on end about 
true crime and love our comedy because some people at this table don't seem to like when women talk. We're going to go watch some True Blood now. Thanks, guys. Love you. Have a great day. Hey, come on. Can I please say this thing, please? So, all right. John's way behind us. He's he's laying. I'm literally going to quit. You won't quit because you need us. It does have to be nice. You put that. Oh, do not put that feather in your mouth. Birds are dirty. Every time, you, every time you guys ramble on, I'm gonna put it's, it in my mouth. It All right, hurt, well, if you me. get diseases, it's on you. It's not on us. Well, then Nicole gets it, babe. Nicole, don't let him touch you until he cleanses and his mouth. If this mouth. has crabs, she gets crabs. It's uh, hard. If this has syphilis, she gets syphilis. <laughs> That's what she said. I'm taking your privileges <laughs> away until you drink that drink. You're when you can out drink, when you can out drink me, still behind. When you can out drink me, then you will be greater than me. I can't out drink you, we Jen. Do a shot for shot. You literally yeah. end up on the bathroom floor every other episode. One plus one does not equal the greatness of me, John. You're in the south now, Jen. Okay, get with it. You better get with the program now. Funny John. All right. Future John. Future John. Regular John. I don't care. Regular John. Why don't you tell me how you really feel? I don't like regular John. I don't like regular John. (laughs) Excuse me while I whip this out. Nope. Yeah. Her Baumeister was a serial killer and they identified 11 bodies, but there's probably more. Bone fragments. Yeah, 6,000 bone fragments, yeah. How long had he been killing for? Well, um, quite a while. Quite a while. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> what? You're the boss of this. Month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally, some fucking recognition here. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it doesn't matter what we have to say. You're gonna do it anyway. Can we take yeah. this, please? In today's episode, John gets murdered by Jen and Nicole.